Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices. Hello and welcome to Retire to a Life You Love podcast with your host, Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. Happy New Year, Michelle. Happy New Year to you. Hope hope you had, everything was good. When do you stop saying Happy New Year? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. Probably, I guess, after January is over with and we're okay. into February, maybe that's my I don't know. That's a good question. And you only say it to people you haven't seen, obviously. So, you know, you don't yeah. say Happy New Year to somebody that you see every single day. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little excessive. Yes, I think so. So in honor of the new year, we're going to talk just a tiny bit about last year, the best of 2023 with the top takeaways were when it comes to the podcast, kind of like the greatest hits, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I that thought we would do today. And, uh, and this way, if our listeners don't want to take the time to listen to every single episode, but they want the, the, the highlights, the, the best of the best, that's what this episode's going to be about. Okay. But first we have something in the mix, something that's coming up, something to look forward to. Yes, we do. I am so excited. We have a special guest in an episode coming soon where we are going to focus on a topic that is not at all financial. It is more in the spirit of what kind of retirement would you love to have? And this is a person who actually, uh, in her own words, has a storybook life. That is her retirement. She's going to talk about what she did and answer a bunch of questions. And I'm just, I'm just really excited. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Me too. So for our listeners out there, you will want to subscribe to get the notification of that episode, which is coming soon. All right. So let's talk about the takeaways then. Mm -hmm. What is takeaway number one? Yeah. So first off, I want to mention that we are, we, we take, we took a look at which of the episodes of 2023 were everyone's favorite? And we we define the favorites by how many people are actually listening, uh, maybe download, you know, so we can tell all of that. And our your favorite episodes, the listeners' favorite episodes were episodes three, four, and eight. Episode three was reducing tax rate risk for your retirement. Four was understanding Medicare. And number eight was master your tax planning. So those are the top uh, episodes, most fav- you know, favorited, listened to. And so we're going to t- take some of the tidbits from those, but also some of my favorites as well. Okay. So the first takeaway, which came from episode three, is that taxes are one of the biggest expenses in retirement and can be hard to manage for a retiree. And it may come as a surprise to you that you may not be in a lower tax bracket in retirement even if taxes don't go up, simply because of the fact that you have to withdraw money 
from an account that has never been taxed. That would be your IRA. And that money lands right on your tax return. So even if you don't have earned income because you're retired, you will have taxable income and it could be more income than you expected. I know that a lot of folks think that they'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way because of that phenomenon. And also sometimes you have large RMDs, required minimum distributions, which is something the government enforces when you turn a certain age and that money lands on your tax return. So taxes is one of the wild cards in retirement that can derail your plan because People think, well, gee, I have X number of dollars in my account. There it is. I'm looking at it. But they forget that not all of that money 100% belongs to them. Some of that money belongs to the IRS because that money has never been taxed. So takeaway number one is how do you protect yourself? By understanding and implementing tax strategies that are appropriate for you right now. So if you're still working, One of those strategies could be put your money in a Roth 401k or a Roth 403b, whichever applies, and skip the pre-tax option. Okay, you're going to give up the income deduction that we all have come to love, but in return, you will get to keep all of the growth on that contribution for all the years to come. And you will experience as our numerous Uh, analyses uh, have proven, you will experience likely a lifetime tax savings. So you're recommending then to just go all in on the Roth, not maybe split it up, just go all in on the Roth. I am. Now, it may not make sense for certain situations. And of course, we can never give blanket advice. But what I have found is that there are very few reasons to not contribute to a Roth 403B or 401k. You can't maybe contribute to a Roth IRA because you don't maybe make too much money and you're not eligible. Okay, fine. But there is no income limitation for a Roth 403B or a Roth 401k. And I hear from people, well, yes, but I'm in a high tax bracket. And so it may be that it doesn't make sense to go all in, as you said, but When you look at what the benefits are and when you look at the analyses that I'm looking at day in and day out, so you give up a tax deduction, but look what you get in return. Okay. Gotcha. Another uh, tidbit from from, uh, episode three is convert some of your money to Roth. All right. So you have this pre-tax money that you've accumulated. Why not take the opportunity in our historically low tax rate environment to convert some of that money to Roth money. Anybody can do that. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter if you're working. Doesn't matter how old you are. You can do that and pay the tax now in a managed and controlled way. And doing so means that that money gets to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. And you're done. It doesn't matter what tax rates do for that money because you've already paid the taxes. I like it. I like it. What's not to like about that, right? Right. So what's another takeaway then? All right. So I took takeaway number two from episode number eight, which is the Master Your Tax Planning uh, with Sarah Brenner, who's a tax attorney. And Sarah mentioned in that episode a few um, retirement account tax breaks. So one of the 
tax breaks that she mentioned is a QCD, which many of our listeners may not have heard of. What is a QCD? And a QCD stands for Qualified Charitable Distribution. So what is a QCD? It's a it's a tax strategy. It saves you money. It lowers your uh, adjusted gross income, but you have to be of age to use it. So you have to be at least 70 and a half to use this. And you have to be charitably minded. So this would not do you any good if you weren't giving to charity already. But if you're going to give some money to charity and you're over 70 and a half, you need to pay attention because this is a strategy where your charitable contribution that you were going to make anyway can actually lower your adjusted gross income. So that amount is not taxed. It doesn't land on your tax return and it lowers your adjusted gross income, which means it's better than a tax deduction. And you can use this along with taking the standard deduction. So Wendy, I'm not, you know, I don't know if you remember um, with the tax changes that happened in, in, at the end of 2017, uh, effective 2018, where you can itemize or you can take the standard deduction. And if you give to charity and you're taking the standard deduction, well, you can't really get any benefit from that on your tax return. So for those folks who are going to be giving to charity, maybe they're giving to their church, you know, whichever qualified organization you're giving to, and you want to take the standard deduction, but you'd like to get some kind of tax benefit, this is your strategy. Now, there are a lot of rules, um, so it may seem daunting to people. So my advice to you is just get your advisor to handle it. That's what we do. We handle QCDs for our clients and make it super easy for them. Okay. Another tax break that Sarah was talking about was saving to a Roth IRA. So not everyone can do this because you have to have earned income and you have to uh, have income that is not too much because you have to you know, meet the eligibility re- requirements. So if you make too much income, uh, then you, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA and you also have to have, have working earned income. But if you, if you have a job, you have earned income and you are eligible to save to a Roth IRA, what, what people forget is that you can do that and contribute to your company 401k or 403b. It's not either or, you can do both. Right. And the Roth IRA is one of the best vehicles available. It is one of the best, which is why there's so many uh, restrictions, right? Oh, you have to, you can't make some this much money and you can only put in $7,500, um, which was the the limit for for uh, a 50-year-old, 50 plus in 2023. You know, there, there's limitations. Anything that's really good, the IRS will impose limitations. Right, of course. <laughs> but yeah, definitely don't leave money on the table. If you if you are looking for a place to save, that's a great place to save if you're eligible. And then last but not least uh, from Sarah Brenner from that episode is the best time for creating what I call tax diversification is between the ages of 59 and a half and 73. What is tax diversification? It's having different kinds of money, different tax buckets so that you can control your tax bracket in retirement. I say it's the best time is between 59 and a half and 73, right? That's what Sarah says. And she's right because those between those years, you can remove money from your IRA with no tax penalty. You haven't started social security yet. Uh, you haven't started RMDs yet. So you're in this sweet spot of, freedom and 
you don't have this extra income that's going to drive up your tax rates. Um, you, you know, all the penalties are not there. So great time to be doing things like Roth conversions. Doesn't mean you can't do a Roth conversion if you're younger than 59 and a half. I think that that's always something you should be looking at, but that's the time. That's the time. So definitely want to look at that. So 59 and a half is that definitely the time you want to be talking to a financial advisor to talk about how to make the most of your money. Wendy, I think you should be talking to a financial advisor well before 59 and a half. Oh, but, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if, if you haven't, for whatever reason, yeah, that's the time to be looking at what can be done. Okay. Tax planning time, sweet spot. Got it. Let's hear another takeaway. Yeah. So our takeaway number three, also from episode eight from Sarah, she mentions that if you've inherited an IRA from someone, get some professional help because there are traps that you do not want to get caught into. We've heard horror stories about people misunderstanding the rules, doing things that ended badly for them, resulting in large tax events. Uh, for ex example, an inherited IRA does not enjoy the same 60-day rollover rule that the other IRAs enjoy. So if you attempt to do a rollover yourself before moving that money to another custodian, you could just have created a large tax event for your tax return. Uh, so Sarah talks about that. You don't want to, you don't want to get into a mess that you didn't even realize you were getting into. So get some professional help. The custodians are not the best to help you. You get some people that are very good and some people that are not very good. So you'll want to use a trusted advisor. And then another complication also relating to that same inherited IRA is that Secure Act 2.0 has, has a lot of rules about what you need to do. Uh, should you take RMDs? Do you not need to take RMDs? Was the person taking RMDs before their death? If they were, then you need to continue that and you have to use a certain kind of uh, a lifetime table, the, the single lifetime table with your life. I mean, it gets complicated and you don't want to mess this up because if you do, you're going to have tax consequences. Ugh, you're going to lose that on money. You will. And, and the custodians put their foot down. I can't remember if it was earlier this year or before, and they are now no longer giving you the RMD that you have to take out of that inherited IRA. You have to figure that out for yourself. Hi, it's Michelle. As you listen to today's episode, you may be wondering about your own situation and whether you've done all that you can to prepare yourself for the retirement you love. If you're not sure, it's a good idea to reach out and not leave things to chance. I want to help, so let's connect for a call. You can find all of my contact information, including my social channels in today's show notes. Now let's get back to today's program. Yeah. And so this is where it's important to get experienced and professional help. And the custodians have already said they're not going to do that for you. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Medicare. I remember clearly being feeling very silly thinking, well, I thought Medicare was free. I remember that. Yeah. So we're talking now about episode four, which is one of the listener favorites where we had Joanne Giardini, who is a Medicare expert. And she talked about a few things uh, related to Medicare. So it was a great episode. I encourage everyone to, to listen, but here's a one takeaway from that episode. You may not need 
to sign up for Medicare Part B when you turn 65. Everybody thinks, oh, I turned 65, I've got to sign up or I'm going to get that late enrollment penalty. Well, maybe and maybe not. So Joanne talks about that. The fact of the matter is, if you are going to still be working, so you're not retiring at 65 and your employer has excellent healthcare insurance and it's a good premium and the employer has 20 or more employees, then you don't have to sign up for Medicare Part B. It would make no sense to do that. You should do a cost-benefit analysis. Maybe your health insurance is more expensive at the company than it is through Medicare. Maybe it's not. So you should do a cost-benefit analysis and see what makes sense for you. But this late enrollment penalty imposed by Medicare for not signing up, that applies if you do not have a legitimate exemption. And and a legitimate exemption is you're still working or your spouse is still working with an employer that has 20 or more employees. Okay. So you're basically only going to get penalized if you're just laying around, not getting to it. That's right. And the penalty doesn't go away. So it's, it's, you know, it can be severe. Um, But another, another thing to think about. So part A is the hospital insurance. And that typically is free for most people. Um, I say most people because you have to qualify for Social Security to have Part A free, but you can sign up for Part A if you want to, but don't do that if you are contributing to an HSA because an HSA, no, will not, you can't continue to contribute if you've signed up for Medicare Part A. So yes, Medicare can be daunting and complicated and uh, and definitely you will want to get the right help from someone who is not going to just try to sell you some sort of Medicare Advantage plan that isn't right for you. And and I know when people start getting close to age 65, they get all these things in the mail and calls and, and you know, a lot of people come out of the woodwork to sell them something. So I, I want you to understand that, that there are things to know and you'll want to get unbiased expert help, um, but don't assume you have to go and do the Medicare Part B if you're still working. Okay. Sounds good. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about estate planning. And I don't, you know, everybody talks about estate planning. I'm totally baffled on the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you're not alone because estate planning is seen as complex, complex, and it can be. Um, and it's also one of those things that we don't like to think about because it kind of means we're thinking about our death, but it doesn't have to be complex and it doesn't have to be daunting. What I talked about in episode five, And the takeaway number five here is the importance of good estate planning and avoiding some of the mistakes that people make. Um, So one of the things I talked about was a will, as opposed to a trust, may not be the best strategy for you. Maybe it's better to create some kind of trust, like a, a revocable living trust, for example. And it's really important to understand the pros and the cons. Um, so just just know that and maybe do a little research that's tailored to your personal situation. For example, an, a revocable living trust gives you the capability to set provisions for when and how your loved ones will receive your money so that it's not all distributed outright as one lump sum all at once. And maybe giving all of your money in one lump sum all at once is not the best idea. Maybe you have someone who is not very good with money 
not very responsible with money, maybe a child, maybe you have someone who is good with money, but you worry that something could happen in their life that could pose a risk for them losing that money. Because remember, there are some creditor-proof vehicles that are no longer in existence if that money comes as an outright distribution. Um, So for example, maybe there's a lawsuit that your loved one experiences. Maybe there's a bankruptcy. Maybe there's a divorce that comes along. Uh, So if you want to make sure your money is protected against unforeseen things that could happen in the future, in the lives of your loved ones, maybe a trust is a better vehicle to do that, to protect the money from creditors and predators or just plain old bad judgment. Okay. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to be protected. (laughs) Right. And, And who wants to think about all the things that could go wrong? Right. That's, that's not how we operate. That's not how regular people operate, but when in the, in the, uh, world of the advisor, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's your attorney or your financial advisor, we have to be thinking about things that can go wrong and protect against those. So that's why it's best to do a little, you know, thinking about what, what is best understand the differences. Okay. So give me another hit. Another best of. Uh, Yep. Another hit from the greatest hits. All right. So from episode five, we have takeaway number six, which is why it's important to ensure that you have the right documents in place from four, I should say, your aging parents. All right. So you've got, everyone's got aging parents and as they age, things may go wrong with their health. Do you really want to wait till things have gone wrong? before you have the important documents in place, I say, don't wait. No. Things can go wrong. And um, you'll want to have things like a HIPAA release, a medical power of attorney, a statutory durable power of attorney. You know, I'm going beyond the will and the trust now. I'm talking about documents that can help you if they're not passing away, they're still alive, but maybe they're incapacitated. And the danger of not having those documents in place could be that you need to get a guardianship for them so that you can access their money for their healthcare needs. Otherwise you're fronting the money. You're paying for their medical expenses because they can't access their money. Maybe they're incapacitated. You can't access their money because they haven't passed away yet and they don't have these documents in place. And so now you have to go to the court and get a costly guardianship that that can easily have a price tag with of uh, $10,000 oh. and 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 the hassle of having to present receipts and regular reporting to a court. Yeah. So that's not the way most people want to handle incapacitation. No. So my advice here and takeaway number 6 from this episode is get these documents in place for your aging parents. And I know it's hard to talk about things like this with, with your parents, but then it needs to be done. And there are ways to do it where it makes it a little bit less stressful. So have a listen to episode five. Okay. So we are uh, continuing on the track of an aging population. Yes. So we are all aging. 
I guess the alternative is not so good, right? Right. That's what I always say. (laughs) So one of the things that episode number seven talks about is the rate of Alzheimer's is on the rise. It's there's an upward trend, um, which is pretty grim to think about, but it's, it's a fact. And we have an aging population. And because the cost of care is climbing every single year uh, faster than the rate of inflation, um, it becomes really important to look at that and and make sure that your retirement plan has been stress test tested i should say for a long term care event so in other words can your plan withstand a long term care event happening in your life and if if it can't you know the good news is you can do something about it if you act early enough so maybe it makes sense to mitigate this risk with an insurance policy a long term care insurance policy which by the way many states are really um, incentivizing people to do by imposing a payroll tax on people who do not have a long-term care policy. It's already mm-hmm. happening. Oh yeah, happening. it's happening in the state of Washington and there are other states that are following mm-hmm. um, because this is, this, is a, a, this is a problem. It's becoming a big problem, yes. Yeah, and Medicaid is not necessarily the answer. Uh, it's not gonna be the answer for me, who who wants to have a Medicaid nursing facility as the answer? No, thank um, you. Yeah. So what I talk about in this, in this episode is a long-term care insurance policy may be the answer. It's may because there's no cookie cutter advice here, but it can turn $1 that would pay for the cost of care into several dollars that pay for the cost of care because that's what insurance does. And then, and and you can get that integrated into your plan as early as possible. Awesome. So, pe- yeah, and, and so you know, I'm gonna, I'm thinking already. Well, what questions people have about that? Well, I already know one of the questions that I get asked all the time is, well, when should you be? How old should you be to 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 do this? Right? Is should you be a certain age? Well, the answer is, get it as soon as possible, as early as possible. And here's why. The cost of care is going up every year. Therefore, the cost of the policy uh, can go up with price increases. And even if that doesn't happen, the cost of the policy goes up with your age because that's how they're priced. That's one reason. Another reason is you have to qualify by good health. Mm. So, you know, people think that long-term care is just, okay, you just have to be willing to pay for it and then you can get it. No, you have to be able to qualify. It's different than qualifying for life insurance too, because life insurance is an easier underwriting process. Long-term care, you can get declined for an ongoing health condition that does not get you declined for life insurance. So it's more stringent. It is more stringent. Uh, So you're not getting any younger. Hate to tell you that, Wendy, you're not getting any younger. How dare you? (laughs) I'm not getting any younger. None of us is getting any younger. You know, you're probably in the best health that you'll ever be in. So if if this is something you want, I, I recommend at least look into it and don't put it off. Um, and if you want more information, definitely go to episode seven. Okay. So we have the final takeaway, which is talking about episode 10. Yep. Episode 10. So this is our, our last takeaway, takeaway number eight for our greatest hits edition of today's podcast episode. And so episode 10 talks about asset protection 
through property and casualty insurance with Ryan Kaiser. Uh, so he was our guest that day, and he's an expert in the field. And the top takeaway here is that your homeowners and auto insurance policies may not be giving you all of the coverage you thought they were giving you. Maybe you only have bare bones protection that's leaving your assets at risk uh, hmm. for some disaster waiting to happen. And that's the bad news. And the good news that Ryan gives is that for only a few hundred dollars more per year in premium, you could actually close some gaping holes you didn't even know you had because it's it, this, this is a field, this is an area that people just don't understand. Get it looked at, have a look. It could be an easy fix, a, a low cost fix. Um, and it may not make sense not to add you know, this kind of protection if it's so inexpensive. What tell me what is it that could risk everything that I'm not not I'm not thinking about? Yeah. So he gives an example. Okay, you are hosting a party and one of your guests had a little too much to drink and then gets in a vehicle and drives home and hurts somebody on the way home in a DUI accident. Now you may be thinking, well, okay, how does that affect me? Well, they were drinking at your house. So maybe there's a lawsuit. Um, maybe there's a death and there's a lawsuit and the guest ends up suing you because you served them the alcohol in your house and you get dragged into this ugly lawsuit. Now, most homeowner liability provisions are about $300,000. I've seen some at 500,000. That's about it. Okay. So do you think 300,000 or 500,000 is all that you need in this type of lawsuit? I'm going to guess no. The answer is no. The fix is rather inexpensive. And, and Ryan talks about that in episode number 10. So that's one example. Um, another example would be a repairman comes to your house and they borrow your ladder and they are doing some work for you, but they end up falling off the ladder, getting hurt. And then they sue you for their pain, suffering and lost wages. Huh? Well, they need to bring their own ladder, right? But you lent them their la your ladder. I'm not going to do that, Michelle. <laughs> and they fell in your house. And okay, you can get the lawyers to argue about who's at fault and what's the percentage of blame and this, that, and the other. But the bottom line is you still have legal defense costs. And yeah. the kind of protection that Ryan talks about pays for that. And it's so inexpensive. That's another example. He gives another couple of uh, examples, I think, but I'll just hit on one one more. Uh, maybe you have a, a teenager that's on the internet and, and they post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok, I, I don't know what they use these days. And they put some damaging words on there that are now the subject of a defamation lawsuit against you because that person is a minor and oh. they live in your home. Yeah. That that's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, because you can't control those kids. They're going to do what they want to do, right? I can't control my kids. I don't know well, about your months. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just one of those things. You don't think about it. It can happen. I mean, we live in a litigious society. I talked about that in episode uh, 10. You know, th these kinds of things you just don't think are going to happen to you. Well, that's the bad news. The good news is there are easy, inexpensive fixes that you really should have. So you don't have your assets exposed. Everything you've worked so hard uh, to accumulate gone because of something like this. Just, just have a listen. I think that that's an important takeaway from that episode. Well, how much fun has this been? You know, 
hit after hit after hit. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so before we end, I just want to remind our listeners that yes, we've been talking about some grave, serious subjects here. And, and these are important and, and necessary to make sure that you have um, a retirement that you love. But what's coming soon is we're going to focus on the love part of your retirement. And I'm excited about our guest who's going to help us do that coming soon. Well, I'm looking forward to it, too, because I want to love my retirement. And it sounds like a lot of work so far. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right, Michelle, how can someone get in touch with you if they have some questions? Yeah, the easiest way is to visit our website, GessnerWealthStrategies.com, and all of our contact information is there. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, visit our website at www.gessnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com. Or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.